I, if you want to take my photo, you can, but just make sure I look as like buff as Joe Rogan. And I want to look, but no, I want to sound nothing like him or, but you know, the pressure's on. He's got, he's got, I also nice want good biceps. angles. I would like from above. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Lauren, do you want to introduce yourself to actually me? Cause this is our first time meeting as well. This is literally our first time meeting. Yes, it is. Um, my name is Lauren Siegel. I'm a, uh, multimedia producer director photographer and artist uh, based mostly in brooklyn um, with occasional stops in california and manhattan when it's necessary um, i uh, have been involved in um, experimental and public facing media since the late 90s and i actually got my start on wesu middletown the oldest freeform college radio station Oh, Wesleyan gosh. University um, that has gone on to launch a number of radio professionals, including Kai Rizdahl. So shout out. Yeah. So I feel <laughs> that I need to point that out. So I have I been on, I have been on the radio waves before, but you know, um, the podcasting world kind of is like a newer phenomenon. And um, but I've made some media for some podcasts, but I haven't really been on many podcasts. So um, like, I haven't either, honestly. Yeah. This really? No, not at all. Not you must all. have been on at least a couple. Uh, I was literally on probably two. Huh. That's interesting. Well, maybe that own. that portion of your career is yet to be had and it's coming. I'm just as uncomfortable as anybody who's sitting here doing this because it's not my preferred medium, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. It really is. You re I feel that it is my preferred medium because I feel like I prefer off the off the dome as they say whereas yeah. you know a lot of writers prefer to be able to edit i think go that's back, what it is look at it yeah it's like hiding behind words and edits and um you know like sarcasm and humor and it's not my voice and it's not my face right. i don't i don't love it the reason we're doing it is because there's kind of so much piling up that i don't have enough time to write about all of it and mm. i kind of like we need these conversations to kind of fill in the gaps right so I am very grateful for you wanting to sit down and just talk about a couple of things. Um, Jess specifically mentioned that you had some interesting takes on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. I don't know how how closely you followed it. Um, I followed it very closely as it was happening and up until the conviction. And then I was actually just listening to some podcasts that have been discussing it. I haven't, I watched some of the, the documentary media that came out about it. And um, the most recent one I couldn't even get through because I found it so hard to watch um that's how i feel about most of them which is interesting because the stuff about jeffrey epstein their doc there there are several documentaries and series about him i watched them voraciously yeah um but once it got to Gil Ghislaine, um i started to sort of short circuit a bit same um and so i have to admit that i am not as up on the moment by moment i do right, know but that you have like a fair you have a, a decent knowledge of like the whole story yeah. and and I do whatever, have, how everything went down. Yes, right? I have very decent knowledge on the whole story. I'm not like up on the moment by moment of right. the current moment. I do know that her legal team is suing her family for unpaid fees, which isn't at all surprising. And I feel like that stuff happens all the time. Right. Um, it's, yeah. So it's kind of like, so you kind of pick up on what the media chooses to focus on and how 
I noticed right away that I was being criticized for asking questions about her because she's the decided villain and she's a criminal. But like, there's all these, um, there's all this interest in like male, um, you know, like drug lords and even serial killers and stuff. Like you can have all this fascination with these male figures, Mm -hmm. but because she's a woman, they just wanted it to be like, she's a monster. She did this. Don't ask any questions. She's going away. Like, right. you know what I mean? Well, it's interesting because I feel like with a lot of these male sociopaths running around of which there's many, um, people like to focus on the, on the crime. Whereas with, um, women, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of generalizing obviously, um, but with Ghislaine and women, I think they like to focus on the punishment, you know, and um, they really want to. It's almost like, you know, well, she did this thing. What's going to happen to this bad girl? Yeah. yeah um, whereas the men, it's like, look at these crazy things they did. And then they, they get locked up and they're like, bye. And like, that's kind of it. Right. Uh, and so do you know anything? Because my whole thing, too, was like when Ghislaine was sentenced or not sentenced when she was the verdict came out, you know, there's this like celebration. Um, I walked out of the courtroom and there was this kind of like almost like a sports team one, you know, there was a celebration and um, it's just crazy because the same people like the F all these players that were involved are the same people who let Jeffrey Epstein off and helped him kind of aided him in these crimes for many years. And then they turned around and they were like the good guys in this situation. You know what I mean? It's like you, all of these people helped him for many years get away with mm-hmm. like he served a fake prison sentence. And I mean, he, she, she's been in solitary confinement confinement. He was um, allowed to have like sexual visits from girls. He didn't sleep in the prison. I mean, he had the le- most lax prison conditions. Anyone I think I've ever heard of. And then she was in the most extreme right. and everybody applauded it. So mm-hmm. it's just like a matter of that, you know, kind of disconnect. Well, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of disconnects too, here. I, I think what confuses people is like to question the situation is not to say that she's innocent. She's definitely not innocent. And I would like to preface anything else I say with pointing that out that right. I do think that she did something very bad. And I don't, I mean, I don't like to be saying who's good and who's bad. I don't try to, I try not to subscribe to that kind of black and white ideology because that's what cancel culture wants us to do. Right. That being said, she fucked up. And, um, you know, I certainly don't think that she should just be like, let go or something like right. that. Um, I just think that the sentence is um, symbolic. And I think that if those who do not feel that there is an element of scapegoating, don't understand what scapegoating is. I I totally agree. I think you can be, I think she can be guilty and a scapegoat in the same situation. And that, I don't know why that's such a hard concept for people to grasp. I'm actually exhausted. And I think I'm done explaining that because at this point, either you get it or you don't. And like I said, it's been my most controversial stance so far, but it's, it's pretty basic, right? I mean, it's really basic. I mean, well, that's the thing about this whole case is that it really is like the ultimate, you know, like fairy tale slash nightmare for our ages, you know, because the at every step there is it's like rife with paradox, and um, and it came at a very perfect time in terms of COVID making people feel mad and not having a clear place to put their blame. 
um, especially but on both sides, on the right. on the right side and the left side. And I think totally. that's what really makes this case like the one of the definitive, um, you know, sort of uh, criminal slash um, sensational uh, cases of you know, this decade yeah, um, is because, you know, there's, there's so much on every side for people to attach themselves to and hate. And, you know, what's interesting when you're talking about like, oh, after, you know, she, she was, the conviction came down, people were like applauding and it was all the powers that be and all the, the boys club, but it wasn't, you know, there was a, this case is, is, is perfect for the media and for everyone because it also allows feminists and um people that feel that they're like um very much on the you know the 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 people that that feel that they're left like hardcore leftists it gives them a very like succinct entry point into being like you know they were human trafficking and these things that have been victimizing girls and um women um so at every stage there is like a paradox that allows every side to um voice uh vitriol and hatred and disdain and it's um and it's considered justified yes you know and so that's what really makes this the like cultural juggernaut and legal juggernaut and feminist juggernaut and right-wing juggernaut and that it is you know so it's it's perfect it's like literally the perfect tale of this moment and the timing is so well it's post me too yes right as covid hit right as people i mean everyone knows that I mean, anyone with, and I don't know if, I, I keep saying everyone, but not everyone, but not like, everyone. you know, like COVID was an inevitable scientific fact, but people want to place blame somewhere. And I think that um, people want to blame. So right now in this point in time, people are so, they want to blame someone for everything. Right? Yeah. And and they, and it's, and it's hard for the, the right doesn't want to blame the government, even though the government is the one are the ones who are responsible for the like mess that this has become. And, and, you know, governments all over the world, not just America, although America right. certainly did the best job of fucking it up. Um, but, um, you know, the left, the, I, I hate to like be like right versus left, but you know, like on that spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. um, the left also wants to blame people. And I think that like, um, you know, this, uh, case, um, it really is like an emblem of the way in which we are all suffering under capitalism because capitalism enables and <clears throat> engenders patriarchy, yes. you know? So at every turn, there's someone, there's something for everything. And then, um, you know, you add to that the, um, mo- in my opinion, the thing that really tips this over the edge in terms of her conviction and all that, which is um, that, you know, there's there's only a few things that people hate more than women. And I, I would say that Jews are very much up there, you know, so it like, it it gives you this just like, it gives, there's something for everyone here. Right. <laughs> something for everyone i love it okay so do you know anything about her history and her family yes okay so I mean, you are familiar with jews know what's up with jews i would say not yeah. all but like we like to know when people do good things and when people do bad and things. i feel like that's an <laughs> under-examined aspect of this story i feel like i almost never read about that so the fact that you brought that up is 
is is great. Well, I do think a lot the the media that they've been putting out about her features her family so heavily that I think anyone who's looked at that and wasn't aware of the family history is quickly being educated. Um, I think to the extent that they frame them. I mean, I don't know that because the idea of like this generational trauma too. I mean, if I think that her story gets dismissed because it comes from an extreme point of wealth. She came from a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but the fact that her father, you know, his whole family was wiped out in the Holocaust and he kind of created this persona. I mean, there's, there's so much, there's so much inside of that that kind of just gets dismissed and the story's huge, right? I mean, she comes from a tragic, I mean, they've lost, the, you know, there's deaths of children and she has this super complicated relationship with her father. And again, not making excuses, but the fact that we as, you know, the public aren't wanting to examine deeper or ask any questions is, is crazy to me. I think that me. people are definitely examining deeper. I just don't think that that narrative is what's getting expressed maybe not what's selling yeah yeah i mean i think that that's the conversation that i think is happening more behind closed doors um and because um, it is so interesting it's like multi-layered like like you're saying there's so many aspects to it and all these points of um well i think it's just really hard for the media to even understand how to discuss these issues because they're so um in this particular in this story and almost any story in which you're talking about generations of Jews, particularly those who have been first handedly affected by the Holocaust, which, you know, a huge portion of Jews in the world have been very few have not been touched by it in some way. Right. You're you're looking at this generational trauma that I just don't think that the media and the public and the the people that are able that are given the power to speak freely are even know how to address because it's so um because it's trauma. And I think that a people aren't sure how to discuss other people's trauma. I think that a lot of Jews who are many of whom are in the media, um, they themselves suffer from it and, and to, to, to acknowledge it and then voice it back to the the public is so, um, you know, puts them in such a risky and, and it also positions them as people who potentially are, are seen as weak or, you know, and, and, and for Jews, the entire like our entire lives and our entire stories have been based upon the notion that we are survivors. So we ourselves are told a narrative about why we even exist and how we've even been able to perpetuate for as long as we have and been been as successful in the world and all that as we have. But then to acknowledge the trauma that made us survivors potentially makes you look weak and not doing the thing you're supposed to do as a Jew, which is be an educated coastal elite, (laughs) you know? So (laughs) it really kind of like, um, you know, so these sorts of stories in which Jews are taken down, everyone is like loving them. And and then Jews who have any kind of, whether it's cultural, religious, whatever affiliation with it um, or critical affiliation with it, because many Jews are very self-hating, like many other, you know, identities in this world, um, like don't even feel like they can or even know how to verbalize that back. So right. it's just it, like a cacophony of, you know, um, of, of generational trauma. I, I don't love to throw around that term, but I really think that as it relates to Robert Maxwell and, you know, the dude basically like concocted an identity and he's right. not the only Jew to have done that. No. That is the story of many successful Jews, particularly Jewish men, because they are given more leverage and leeway in our society at large. And he like 
completely his new his identity that he created was to mask his Jewish um, roots, right? Oh my like god! A, I mean, he created this whole other. I mean, it's it's very like it's like a Gatsby theme. I mean. Right. Like well, it completely. It's and it's funny because there's so many other people who've done this where it's it's just kind of brushed over or it's made to be kind of like, I like Ralph Lauren, his, I think, yeah. is a great example. You know, like. Like he, you know, what's his real name? Ralph Lipschitz. Yeah. You know, and like <laughs> mo most people a, don't know this, including people who wear his clothes and work in fashion, whatever, you know, and B, it's the literally the exact same thing. It's just that because he, you know, was never caught for anything. Yeah. But like he lied, he fabricated, he, you know, and and the reason he did that is because he he comes from a lineage in which you are told which you are like, you know, kind of on the DL basically told is that the only way that you are going to succeed and you have to succeed because if you don't succeed you're just you're you're not going to exist. You know, so yeah. it's either you succeed and you do you, you borrow, do what it beg, takes. steal, you do whatever it takes, you know, which is what all people who've come to America have done that is the history of colonialism, but it is because that is, you know, the, the, the powers that be are descendants in some way of that. It's okay. Whereas the Jews have are basically like the perfect villain for everyone else because they, um, you know, have always had this like kind of criminalized past the Holocaust continue, like the history of the Holocaust continues to position that them that way even though it all you know it, while simultaneously positioning germans and nazis and whatever as criminals which mm -hmm. in america is very helpful because it just helps to exacerbate the notion of xenophobia which again the patriarchy loves you know capitalism loves like so you know it's just like i was trying to make some better point about this but um yeah i mean it's like the 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 history of people changing and distorting who they are in order to be liked and wanted and successful and, you know, contribute to capitalism in a productive way. Like I think Ralph Lawrence has Ralph Lauren has contributed to capitalism in a very productive way. Don't get me wrong. I think what he did is great. Like he, he made it. He's know? a success story. Exactly. Yeah, he's, a he's a success story. And it's like, you know, it's just shows that there's just such a thin line between, you know, success and criminal and that is and what how we view both of them exactly and that is what the epstein story is about because until he was taken down or he started it started to be clear that he was bad he was considered a success right you know and it's interesting when you hear the media voice that because they're like they love to tell that part of the story you know, like, oh, he started as a high school teacher, even right. though he had no college degree. Oh, my God, a Jew with no college degree. Like, how could that possibly exist? You know, like he's like the ultimate in like cunning. Um, yeah, and, I mean, he's and, a brilliant mind. Yeah. With. Yeah. So what do you what did you think about what you've consumed in the media regarding Ghislaine in this case? Like, what do you what do you see in like what have you what have you taken from that what are your views on what you've watched for the most part well you know she was like the she's like in in many ways she was like the exact like the direct um antithesis to the epstein male she was like she did everything right 
You know, she she didn't make mistakes. She didn't make mistakes. She got good grades. She went to Cambridge, Oxbridge, whatever. She was uh, beloved by her family and her parents. She kept very close ties with the people in her life, unlike Jeffrey, who you know, no one really it's knows like kind where of his family float, right. is. Like he's just this grifter, you know, again, adding to his like aura and mystique as this Which is also, sexy, brilliant yeah, man. Sexy. I feel like it's, yeah, kind of embraced by the media, like that whole mysterious vibe. Totally. And she like did everything that she was supposed to do and yet was still managed to fuck up. Um, and I feel like this whole rags to riches thing, you know, has just been they've seized it in this crazy way that feels like outsized for what it actually is or was. I don't totally know. You might know more about that than I do. But like her, you know, the she grew up with wealth. The wealth was taken away and then she had to run to daddy Jeffrey to get it back. Well, basically repeating the whole cycle of what I mean, she was raised to be what she became. Right. Like. Her father raised her to be kind of this servant to powerful men. And again, it's weird that people don't, for the most part, don't want to examine the psychological aspects leading up to the role she played in this, you know? Well, I think, you know, the psychological, the, there's the psychological aspects that, I mean. I mean, it's that like crazy that she recreated the entire, down to like, his death, like her father, the way her father died and then the way Jeffrey died. I mean, it's insane that those two life patterns were repeated almost exactly, right? It, it's totally insane, but it also speaks like very, very clearly to this idea of generational trauma and these things that like happen to us and like they make their way into our DNA and then we recreate them and we can't and, you know, we can't escape the things that have come before us and that, you know, where we come from. I right. mean, we can escape them, but like, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And so I think and I think that that is just like um, something that I think Jews uh, really struggle with because the narrative um, both from the media and from ourselves is that you have to be successful to show that we're worthy of being here okay. because, and I think a lot of that is because of the fact that we all, we have white skin, you know, and it's like the same for Italians and for other people who also have white skin is like, you have to show the people that like trekked over with the pilgrims that you're able to walk with them too, that you're able to sit at the table with them too. And the only way to do that is by like securing your place at that table, which is through, affirmation and success and all of these things and so jews are tasked with doing that while simultaneously grappling with and hiding the trauma of not just the holocaust but also the diaspora and all of the things that led up to the holocaust and what happened after the holocaust i mean the jewish diaspora was going on before the holocaust we were pushed out of ever i mean it's like the spanish inquisition like every single place that we have gone we have been told you're not welcome here. There's you're bad. You're dirty. You, the only thing that you're good for is ma is playing with money. You know, the only thing that you're good for is providing some kind of foil to the main person here, whatever place that might've been the original, the OG people, the Jews come in, then they get kicked out, you know? So it's like the Jewish story is one of just, um, you know, constantly trying to prove yourself and going to any lengths to do that. And so this is what Ghislaine was working with, you know? And so when, so of course this is going to happen. Of course she's going to do whatever she needs to do 
to stay at the table. Right. She doesn't know anything else. The people that came before her didn't know anything else. The people that came before those people didn't it's know like anything else. Product of your environment and your whole history, right? And if your entire life is just characterized by, you know, the people b- that came above you being like, we're fighters and we're survivors and we did that because we did anything to get there. Right. You know, we withstood the, ho- like the people that survived the Holocaust. I mean, can you think of people who have a more like hardcore story of survival than those no, people? No, not at all. You know, and there's a lot of those people, well, not, th- not as many these days, but there's many of those people running around and many of those people are our ancestors. Yeah, because I think on the grand scheme, like it hasn't been that, I think people don't take into consideration it hasn't been that long, right? Like in the grand scheme. There's still people who were in the Holocaust around us today. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Elaine, you know, was really just doing her best to to be a good Jewish business person, a businesswoman. Um, And, you know, this is the she she came from a long line of people who were business people and you know business has never been clean at any point in being an independent business person or any business person like people do whatever they have to do to make it and um you know as far as like the sexual aspect of it um i don't know i mean i think that like she, she Again, it's this kind of like borrow, beg, and steal notion of like what you have to do to be when you're a, min- a minority anywhere, but particularly for Jews in America, it's like you know, like all we ha- all we can do is just try to make it. That's basically we're told that if you don't make it as a Jew, you're not gonna, you're nothing essentially. And um, so we were talking about Heidi Fleiss, um, which it seems like a very similar story in many ways. You know, she, when the, when the, Heidi Fleiss was on the scene, almost all the people that were around her, almost all the people that worked for her knew exactly what was happening. They were there of their own volition. There was no story in that uh, that I remember. And I'm not saying I know the full story of Heidi Fleiss, yeah, no. but that there was no one that was like, she stole me in the middle of the night and handcuffed me. No. People were like, I was making bank and this one woman went down. And is it is, is it a coincidence or a mistake that she was the woman and the Jew and the Jew who had done everything right was extremely conventionally attractive, had done all the things that you're told as a woman and as particularly as a Jewish woman that you have to do to be taken seriously or to be taken at all, you know, um, and she was the scapegoat. And it's, you know, it's these stories just repeat. They, this history just repeats itself again and again and again. Yeah, because how many years ago was Heidi Fleiss? Like what? How long has that been? Producer? What do we think? <laughs> Can we get some backup <laughs> over here? Guys? Where is she now? I mean, Jesus, she was. Where is, she, I mean, great. Now we I'd like to get Heidi Fleiss talking about this. Let's get Heidi Fleiss on. I mean, these are the people that I feel like really need to comment on it. I'm just some rando that no, I just is want, good at I bullshitting. Think it's good to just have conversations, you know, across the board. But I think you're. I think that's a good point. I think that would be amazing to talk to someone like Heidi Fleiss. I mean, I just think. That, 1994. Okay. Yeah. So in 93, she's arrested. And where is she now? When did she get out? She moved to Where she will be forgotten forever. <laughs> we can ensure. She's in Missouri, people. <laughs> Once I you go know. there, you are never to be heard from again. <laughs> Two, she announced she'd be moving to Missouri after someone shot one of her parrots with a pellet gun. 
So she's doing well. <laughs> so she's thriving. Yes. So she's growing weed and dodging bullets. Her and her parrot are dodging. No, but I think she's the exact kind of person that should be commenting on this because I think that it's just like this notion of scapegoating. I mean, I well, just the don't fact I just... That, like, you know, we sat through that three week trial and every single name was redacted. And we're talking about they kind of shrunk it down to the story of like this woman procuring and serving up these, you know, minors to her boyfriend. But it was a much bigger operation and it evolved way beyond past her like it grew into something you know very elaborate i know she set the whole stage for it but the fact that that it got shrunk into the, just that tiny you know slice of the story and then not one i mean like how are you gonna be at the, you know we're at this trial and they're not asking any of these girls if they were ever videotaped or you know felt like they were under surveillance well doesn't all, the fbi have tons of yeah but um, where is that yeah like where did that go they, we we watched them carry out boxes and boxes of you know videotape and all of these people have attested to a surveillance room and we know that that's the case right like they were always being filmed and that it was a blackmail operation but the fact that no men have been named is just well men yeah. have been named but they're above the law they're above the law and right. that's the and issue here sides. is I that think... because she is her and she's a jew she's able to be demoted very easily she was like kind of the perfect face for you know i think it was kind of just like they need to put somebody away like he's dead i mean two of the part major parties involved are dead luke john luke Bunnell and Jeffrey Epstein. So now they need a somebody's face to go away for this, right? And shut the public And she's up. perfect. And she's she's the, the perfect face. I mean, they couldn't have asked for a better situation that there was a woman here who came from a legacy of criminal, what they perceive as criminal behavior. Yeah, who's a Jewish be. woman who like, you know, there's because that I think is really important that she's not only a woman, which is very important, but that she's a Jewish woman because that allows that many more people to be like loving the fact that she's being put away. I mean, it's well, like it's able. They're able to almost celebrate it, and and then also just not. They don't care to examine anything further. It's a very easy end to it, right? Lock her up, lock it away. Everyone, shut up. Stop asking any more questions. The and bad guy's gone. It, it's just so crazy the way. I mean, this this the, this whole story and this whole trial just couldn't get any more perfect. But it's like it's not even a matter of like anyone being a like above above the law like we're talking about a situation in which there's a huge number of people who are like beyond the law because they are the law because prince andrew clinton trump all of these people like it like does it just doesn't get any better than that you no, know right and i think it exposes if you're paying attention like we are it's it exposes it exposes the depths of corruption like the fbi and the, the courts it's just this for me was kind of an awakening to like the corruption that you know comes into play and that you can't trust that these people are on our side of course not i mean it's like the at the end of the day like we are living under capitalism and therefore we'll be beholden to patriarchy at every step and so if the fbi is like all of these institutions are institutions and they are institutions that were formed out of those two you know systemic 
things, you know, patriarchy and capitalism. And so it's like, if those are the people that are supposed to be protecting us or her, someone from people like Epstein, like there's just, it's literally just like a giant catch 22, like the entire thing, or I don't know if that's the right term, like an entire, like, is that the right term? Like, like, it's like, you're like, there's a rock in the hard place and you're just bouncing between those two things with this, because it's like, if we're trying to feel that the that these institutions, whether it's the police, the DA, the FBI, any of these, we have the legal system, if any of these people are going to like protect or uphold anyone's personal dignity or integrity or whatever, like we're just it's just never going to happen because all of these things are under the specter of patriarchy and capitalism, which wants us to be wants the the only way that those things continue to perpetuate is through competition and is through division. hatred and through division and and that i think is really why um the unfortunate thing about this is that women hate her too you know that they've cre that this situation is even more perfect because even the the feminists and the like you know the people that even the 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 old boys dislike also hate her so everyone, everyone can join yeah. together in this hallelujah and that's why this story is like um you know it's like it, it is our world like particularly in america but it's like every single group gets to hate on this person and, and it's um justified. yes it's completely justified and then the people who are voicing any kind of dissent are seen as some are as seen are seen as fringe lunatics thank you you know and and um i like to represent the jewish fringe lunatics of the world and well lauren <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and explaining all of this. I 